You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. And in this week's episode, we have Fingal Ferguson, the farmer, knife maker, uh, charcuterer, and many, many more things. How are you doing, Fingal? Good to have you on. I'm very good. Thank you for having me. A lot of our guests have mentioned you over the, the year, sort of year, nearly two years that we've been running the podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a name that often pops up. So we're, we're honored to have you on. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderfully small world, I think, and over the years as you kind of get to know everybody. You know, it, it kind of gets smaller, and um, I'm honoured that they're, they're they're mentioning myself. Fantastic, thank you. Well, when you're doing things uh, as as great as great as some of the things that you guys are up to, then uh, it's it's no wonder the the uh, the name travels fast and far and wide. Actually, so, actually, I suppose it's probably more of a case of <laughs> we've probably just been sticking at it for ages. <laughs> it's probably more <laughs> more persistence than anything else at this stage. Definitely. So Definitely. Yeah, Dan's given you a real nice intro there of your big little list, but could you give us like a little intro from yourself, like who you are and what oh. you're about? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose I'm the, the fifth generation from our, our farm here in Skull in West Cork in Ireland. It's, um, I suppose, on my father's side, it's always been a, a dairy farm uh, right down at the very bottom of, of West Cork. And my father and my mother together started making cheese when I was a very young age. It was that wonderful age where sort of artisan foods were sort of kicking off and West Cork was getting a reputation. So I grew up making um, and being on the farm, seeing the cheese growing from this small um, couple of cheeses on the top of the aga to becoming what it is today. And I suppose growing up in that food world was an incredibly inspiring time. So I grew up, you know, involved and meeting these wonderful people, very inspirational. And one of those great people was a guy called Chris Jepson, who lived in the next village called Golin. And Chris used to smoke the cheeses for us. So we had two types of cheese. There was a semi-soft roundwash cheese, and then we started making the smoked cheese. Um, 
And he was a salmon smoker, a, a wonderful guy who literally built his own boat to catch his fish, to smoke in a smoker he made himself. You know, real wonderful countryman, always followed by a couple of whippets and had a ferret in his pocket. <laughs> you know, fascinating guy. And um, Chris, um, after many years of sort of smoking the cheese for us, and it, one of my jobs as, as a kid was to go back and forth and, and deliver the, the fresh young cheeses and to collect the smoked ones. And he started me off with, you know, in, in introducing the world of sort of smoked foods. This kind of led on to um, to Chris actually retiring and saying, why don't you build a smoker on, on the farm along the same lines using what was referred to as the penny system, this this traditional log smoldering smoker. Amazing. And that was kind of the start of, of, I suppose, the smoked food side of things. We, we built a smoker and the, <laughs> my mum... My mum's family have this fascinating kind of uh, connection as well. My dad is very Irish. Uh, my mum, who is, grew up in England in Henley, also spent a lot of time growing up in Spain where the father married again. So this big Spanish connection. So our trips back and forth to Spain were hugely inspiring to me at a young age. So having built this new smoker, um, we started playing around, you know, also having pigs on the farm. We, so that's where the salami the, came in. It's I've exactly. Seen you, you, Ah, okay, cool. So we kind of got into the charcuterie then. What happened was basically when we had the smoker, and I suppose, <laughs> as you could see, most teenagers, they'll smoke anything I get my hands on. And <laughs> what was happening was it led to all these experiments. Now, a lot of these were sort of stemmed from, from I suppose, experiences and senses that kind of from Spain. You know, this, this yeah. is, is one of those fantastic salamis that's amazing to cook with, but stands out so much because of its ballsiness, its um, spiciness, its flavors. Yeah. And, and so I'm making this, it just kind of went on a roll. I, I, the, the, the thing is kind of growing up with the cheese um, and, and the name that my parents had had, had earned for the cheese, it, it probably accelerated the whole process very quickly. I mean, I'm learning, my learning curve was, was quite incredible. So finished school, finished agricultural college, um, on my time home, building these smokers, playing around with curing meats and bacon and hams and making chorizo. And, you know, there's farmers markets were starting up and we, we kind of were bringing our wares back and forth. And it kind of grew from there, this, this, the charcuterie side of things. And it's, it's kind of infectious, like many sort of things, beer, bread, wine, cheese, salamis, they're all fermented foods. And the thing about fermented foods is that it will kick your butt if you get cocky about it, if you think you know all about it, it it's it's going to teach you a lesson. You have a lifetime of education from fermentation, to you know, and and I think that was was one of the fascinating elements of it. I had to tip the hat to to the whole process of of, of being quite, um, I suppose, challenging to kind of, um, but but at the same time, Ireland was very open to to this kind of next wave of, of kind of things. So I suppose when my mom and dad started making the cheese, we started doing the cured meats. They, that started getting a lot of attention. And so we kind of had this range of meats from Gabine and, and cheeses and the farmer's markets were taking off. So I think when the barbecue world kind of came along was, <laughs> was that, you know, in using whole pigs that we were, um, you know, you actually always have bits left over. And you're, you're very much forced, and in a good way, to make a variety of products. You know, if you're making a cake, yeah. it's flowers, eggs, sugar, and, you know, but with a pig, you've got the cheeks, the, the loins, the legs. You, have, yep. you want to use everything. You've reared this animal. You want to show it the, 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 the honor of that and, the, the, you know, and also not the wastage. And, you know, it's, everything's a challenge. But so 
I suppose, you know, thank God for the internet. You know, I suppose where a generation before us might not have been able to, to finance this for things so easily. You know, it, I was able to go onto forums and go into sort of things and find out, get bits of information. And I think that book and this whole thing of the sort of the, the American barbecue um, and this sort of thing of what to do with ribs and how to kind of make sort of hot smoked sausages. And yeah. So I think that the merging of having the meat that was there and the really lovely meat that we had, the, um, and I suppose being neighbors with a very good friend who, who's a fantastic fabricator. I went through a midlife crisis of building a pit smoker. <laughs> and you, I mean, like most, most people would kind of buy a motorbike. And to be honest, I think the pit smoker was actually more dangerous than the motorbike. <laughs> it did blow up a couple of times. And it, it is lethal when you tow it behind. But it's, it's, um, it was a challenge. And do you know what was fascinating? Was it in a kind of a way finding the, the tweaks, you know, if, I, I haven't gone around South America. I hadn't at that stage, you know, I hadn't or Texas or gone to any of these um, yeah. Memphis or any of these places to actually get the experiences. But I was I was very much trying to chasing this kind of grail of, of how to nail, you know, low and slow mm. and and having some another little repertoire of we have the circuit, we have the cheeses. But what happens when we go to events or we're doing cook ups and, you know, using using the, the things that we're building up of a winter, or, you know, so yeah, but like cold smoking and hot smoking are completely different in, in themselves. I mean, obviously, you totally, know, you're, yeah. you're implying trying to impart similar flavors maybe along the way, but completely different things. And you're going straight in and building a uh, a pit straight off with without having much experience in in maybe the that sort of style of cooking. So yeah, you're going yeah. diving straight in there. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the mistakes were 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 incredible. I mean, like the you know there is. A very tolerant family who who <laughs> tried over salted, <laughs> over smoked, but you know these kind of things. And you know it, it, the the that urge. I think the funny thing is, is you spend so much time building a pit, you, you don't just kind of like, oh screw it, you know, let's try something else now. You've kind of already invested so much time in this <laughs> that you you stick at it and you keep going. And it kind of led to these adventures of meeting wonderful friends out there. And and I think that um, I suppose it's always been there, but the I suppose the um, that interest that people have in live fire cooking, you know, and seeing yeah. that kind of happening. And a a great a great friend uh, of of mine is a guy called Ted Burner from Wildside Catering. And Ted is part of the, the sort of the Ballymaloo um, side of things in East Cork. Um, and what's but it was always wonderful seeing him go out and do events and do wedding catering and things like that. Cause he was very much the sort of the spits and, and cooking, cooking beef and, yeah. and pigs and things over spits and yeah. the way he did it. And, but also if you have that knowledge base of what Ballymaloo can do with food and combine that with Ted and his, his, his way about him, it was very inspirational. And I think we often join forces and events like Ballymaloo Lit Fest, and you now have the Big Grill Festival up in Dublin, and you have all these um, offshoots of fire festivals that are kind of bringing yeah. people together. And I suppose opening the um, opening the bar to to the creativity of of cooking with fire. Definitely, I saw uh, uh, the other day when Dan said that he'd got you booked in. I was like, oh, awesome! We finally we get to chat to him about everything, and I then saw the 
kind of posters and everything bounded around with a big grill and saw your name up on the poster there as well. So you're, you're going to that. You have, you've been there before though, haven't you? I have. I was there. I, I, I missed the first one. Um, it used to clash uh, with sort of the, the busiest season that we have down here in West Cork. And my sister now plays um, a very important role and she's taking a lot of that pressure off. So in August now, I, I, I made it up to the last big grill festival. And that's where I met, you know, Christian from DJ Barbecue and a lot of, and you know, all the amazing guys that, that you know, that are are there. And the it, it was very familiar, that, that conviviality between everybody. And yeah. it's quite infectious. And you really want to be more and more of a part of that. Um, it, it is yeah. a great thing that they've built up there. As in it the, is amazing. Stuff. I unfortunately missed last year, but I was there the year before with the uh, when they had the tourist guard of guys there, and hmm. a few of a uh, few uh, more of our friends are actually listed this year. We've got, uh, I mean, Andy Lowen Slow is a, a friend of the show's friend of ours. He's heading over this year, and it's just another Andy Ma. I mean, it's it's a, a fantastic lineup. He seems to just be. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't say going on like strength from strength, which he is, but because last year the lineup was amazing, the year before the lineup was amazing, so it's not like previous years haven't been amazing but it's mm. just sort of like he he keeps on getting these amazing people in and and also differentiating but also keeping uh the the bits you want as well and it's, it's just a really interesting lineup he's doing i mean the big grill for me is is fantastic and and uh i don't know a real sort of uh, experience if you're going to go to it and, and sort of the whole sort of wide range of of sort of live fire cooking, uh, like the whole range of, of what you might get. I mean, the Churiscada guys down in South America doing the sort of uh, Argenti- the Argentinian crosses, and you've got the yeah. uh, all, all sorts going on. And it's, it's a. Yeah, there, it's was, a there was quite a, a diversity of products. I mean, there's somebody yes. doing fish, there's somebody doing spits, there's somebody doing pit smoking, there's the educational element of it. I mean, Andy, who I, I would communicate quite a, a bit about it, because the first year we, we were helping to make some of the kit for it. You know, we that was that was cool. kind of the how we kind of hit it off was the or started off uh, was making some of the grills and the planches and stuff. Um, because that's, uh, that's kind of a part of the fire cooking I get a kick out of as well is actually making the <laughs> making the, the stuff um, for it. And um, I think that making it last year. You know, you can actually see that there is a diversity. There's nobody really stepping on each other's toes in respect to, you know, everybody's yeah. flying a flag. And I think that is unbelievably educational. I mean, to the, you can't help but but be curious about how to build a, a block oven or, you know, seeing it with your own eyes and tasting the results will, will you know, that's all part of the, the, that thing. And I think they really do want the educational element of it to shine out. Definitely. 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a really great festival. And... It is just amazing to see all these different types, all the ty- different types of cooking going on uh, across across the event, and uh, get to eat them all. That's even better. But I'm going to miss yes. it again this year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, I think it's going to keep going and going. I think that's that's one of the the, the exciting things. Um, there's um, there's a few projects that that are in the pipeline at the moment, and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how they how they all come together. So I'm sure it's. Um, it's an involving thing. I think this year we might try and see if we can involve the knives some way or another. Um, as another sort of random twist is, I, I kind of I make chef's knives. Yeah, yes, that was that was my <laughs> next that was my next thing to start talking about. <laughs> but you know that it, they kind of strangely kind of merged together in a funny old way. Uh, th- there was a neighbour and a friend down here, in front of the family's Rory Connor, who easily I would say is Ireland's shining light and original kind of knife maker on, on the chef knife side of things 
Yeah. And I always was so inspired by by Rory and, and what he did. He was he was very kindly let me kind of make knives with him and and but you know that 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 thing about if you're in love with the food world, it's the tool of the trade. You know, the, the yeah. knife is the thing that makes so many things possible. Now everybody kind of has that one piece of actually I'm trying not to swear <laughs> one terrible <laughs> knife that, that you always reach out for. And you, you know, right next to it is that really expensive over the top knife that you bought that you never really use. You know, this, this thing is what makes a knife work, what doesn't. And I think that, you know, having, having kind of used a knife for, for a long time, um, it was, it was something that kind of helped me when I started making them. And I think I started making them purely out of scutting and messing and, and wanting to pull it off. But you know, that funny thing is like, if you pick up an instrument and you make some good noises, you want to learn a bit more about it. If you pick it up and you, you basically, it, it's got awful, <laughs> you walk away. Yeah. And I think the, the first knife I made came out really well. And I think that was the start of another bug. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, tell us about that then. How, how did you, how did it come about? How did you decide oh, I'm going to make myself a knife? <laughs> well, I think the funny thing is, the most primitive tools i mean it goes back to caveman you know literally you know with flint you can make a sharp edged object <laughs> and, and i think things have just gotten fancier from then um you literally <laughs> can can go on and, and with a a, a a file you know kind of basically you know make a make a piece of metal sharp but the 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 i suppose what was quite interesting about the whole thing for me was was the I suppose the challenge, because it's a bit yin and yang. You know, you can you can go into 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 the, into the workshop, you can pick up a piece of metal and you can attack it with hammers and blow torches and sparks will fly and loud music and you can literally go all crazy. And then you have to have your Mr. Miyagi moments and you got to wax on and wax off. You got to get <laughs> the sandpaper out and go very kind of zen. And, you know, got to chase perfection. You know, those little things that you think are going to be fine, they start to stand out more. So, you know, the, the yin and the yang thing seems to apply to a lot of the things I do. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's two sides to it. But it, it, I think it was actually seeing the result of, of the knives, you know, going to their new homes and, and people that were getting them and, and that reaction to their eyes. I've always made food. And, you know, they always say that weight of somebody's heart is through their yeah. stomach. <laughs> And I think that the so this connection I had to chefs was uh, and this friendship that I was building over the years seemed to be supported from a different angle now by also having these knives and um, making those and they they've definitely been something I don't know I'm kind of lost for words in some kind of ways because it's it maybe it's more obsession that that is keeping me at it but I've kind of got as I get more and more into it. You know, the, the playing around with the different materials that are, are kind of appearing on the scene, these these fantastic wacky colours and the I mean, that is one thing that really and, set, sets your knives, I mean, not just the quality, I mean, but but something that's, I mean, truly just next levels when I, when I see it is, is some of the, the materials you use for your handles and, and they're just so striking and it's just, I mean, some of the stuff you're doing is, is just phenomenal and... And well, what, I've, I've been learning. For, I've been very obsessed. I mean, like my kids, I've, I've got, I've, I've got four, four, and, and one on the way. <laughs> and uh, I suppose a lot of time of putting kids to bed, you're sort of there researching on the internet, waiting for little, waiting for Junior next to me to fall asleep, and you're sort of <laughs> checking out eBay on, ooh, you know, casted pine cones with turquoise glitter. You know what? <laughs> you know <laughs> what could I do with that? You know. So the the um, 
the, the I suppose the, the the likes of Instagram and the, these kind of things are very inspiring. But the the what's what's kind of fun is that a knife is is kind of two parts. There's there's the the sharp edge. There's the like, several parts. There's there's the sharp edge and the durability and, and all that sort of things, and and the lines that create the life, the, the knife, the you know the the balance yeah. and everything that goes into it. You can very much obsess about the blade. You know the quality of the material, the heat treat, the temper, the so on and so forth. But you know what? The other big part of the knife is the handle, and it's yep. uh, you either completely embrace that the 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 knife can kind of cut through twenty three plastic bottles, you know, mm. with one swipe. <laughs> but but you know the visual the visual element of it as well has the kind of the, 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 the you know deliver as well. And I think that the um, I suppose nowadays I don't know if I'm spending about as much time on the handle as I would kind of making you know grinding and preparing the blade. You know, but the, well, there's definitely a lot more into the blade. But the, I put as much focus into the handle because I think that's where things start to pop out. And um, yeah, and I've got kind of lucky in some kind of ways. You know, the the the, the lines I've chosen of the style. But the, one of the things that I suppose I, I I've very much not tried to. I've very much tried to avoid taking orders for knives in respects to sort of like a, a friend asked me for, for a knife made in exactly this way in this kind of detail. I've, I've kind of tried to avoid that because, you know, what? it was really going to play around with the learning curve. You know, you, you get random things. You might not be able to get them again, you, you, the yeah. materials wise. You, you you make a knife and you plan to make it again, but things go wrong. They always will. And you don't want to have to go start all over again. You know, that torture of like repetition um you know forced repetition um, yeah takes the enjoyment whereas, out of what's yeah, something that's very enjoyable for you and things can change you know you very much can sort of take a knife that's perhaps slightly warped at the tip <laughs> you know and you kind of oh i'm gonna have to take an inch off that change it into something else so this this um that's kind of accelerated i suppose my learning curve with the knives and and um but i'm very honored that that they kind of that the, the response they've got i mean that really is it you yeah. know that the, there's been some great people who've shared helped shared information and teach me and taught me and, and i think it's just kind of nice to, to kind of run with it now and um <laughs> yeah oh. just keep the adventure going why not well i just well i discovered this dan actually showed me so i said to dan I, i'd love to make my own knife i'd like to go on like a knife making course or something and he mm. went he went look at this website here and, and he showed me your website and this was probably <laughs> i reckon this was probably <laughs> two years at ago least maybe two years ago. Yeah, at so least about, two years ago about two years ago we were looking on your website and i went on there i was like yeah i definitely want one of these and he went well <laughs> look look on the uh like shop page where you can buy them so i went on there and it was like you have to wait like three years i think it said to get a knife and i was like well i was kind of hoping to just get one now because they look awesome <laughs> so I, I just today before coming on i was like oh i'll have a look on there and still see if he still does that long waiting list thing it now says you're probably likely to wait six years. <laughs> I, should, yeah. I wish I had got I actually, on that list two years ago, really, because uh, no, I'd only be I, a I, year I, away. <laughs> yeah, I closed it a, a while ago, the, the list, because it actually, well, do you know what was happening was that a lot of people were contacting me and to go on the list, and I was just kept adding and adding away. You know, actually, this is grand, people will email it, and I kind of realized it's, but there's kind of like 800, nearly 900 people that sort of joined the list. <laughs> and in, wow. so I, I, I kind of, but the funny thing is, is that, you know, I mean, to be honest, the vast majority of realized on the on the list, they, then they're probably their emails have changed or they've moved country or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm contacting so, yeah, I go through waves of, of clearing out the list uh, and then and then kind of you know go through. But the 
I, I never really wanted to be about that. You know, the, like the, this, the friends once told me, you know, that the, one of the best selling points I have in my knives is that you can't have one. Which I think yeah. is like, yeah. kind of hor- horrible. It's actually, yeah. I feel really bad about that because, you know, that I've always kind of been in the food world where, you know, it's great. We make food and, you know, here you go and let's get it to you as quickly as possible. This has gone in the completely other direction. But, you know, what's what's the priority now? You know, if there's there's family and there's the food, there's the knives. And the knives was something I suppose was like the man cave, the, the place yeah. I was going to to do something and make something um but how do you have time though with with the kids and with the farm because you're obviously very hands-on with it all and you got the cheese and the smarties and the charcuterie and the knives and the barbecue and the (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know that there's about 25 people who help us in Gabin. i mean that's that's family and everything included you know so to 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 keep it all running that's a lot of people and and it's a lot of great people Uh, i mean there there is the farm the cheese the smokehouse you know and um so I suppose the, um, my wife is incredible as well. She she does so many amazing things in, in her life. And that's definitely kind of means that at home we have wonderful people who are helping us out. So I think that in some kind of ways, when everything is running smooth, you know, I, I, I can make knives. When it's not, I don't get into the workshop for for a long time or, or in, your, in and out. But between it all, you know, every day is different. So you wing it as you yeah. go. And I found myself getting the kids to bed and then sneaking down to the workshop and coming back about half one or two o'clock or, you know, I've stopped doing that now as much. And the, the you know, the guys in the smokehouse, you know, are, are in, it's just basically this balancing act of playing around with yeah. people. But if you really want to do something, you'll make it work. You know, if you, yeah, exactly. yeah, you will. I, Very you true. know, and I think that's kind of it. You know, the, the one thing I've kind of found is I probably wouldn't go down that road of sort of, and I'll probably eat my words in the, in a few years, but I'm not sure if it, it just, the, the knives are as possible to kind of take on employees and kind of go down that road. That's the one that takes the hit. If, yeah. um, if something goes wrong elsewhere, everything else is a priority. The, 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 these businesses are, you know, are, 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 are you know, the, the smokers, the cheese, they're all, like I said, other people involved. And that's, that's a priority. Keep, keep that running. That, that's the main thing. The knives were always a creative output that have just, I suppose, grown as well. Yeah, that's what I feel um, like is really nice. I feel like it, it's almost it is like your your break from all of that other stuff is to go and yeah. work on. It's almost like your artwork, isn't it? You go and work on your new piece of art, and as an yeah. art, as an artist, you you every now and again produce a masterpiece that someone will be lucky enough to have in their house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it, it is kind of fun that way. I'm making a town. Do you know that there's there's, you mentioned earlier on about about wanting to make a knife yourself, and and um, in in Kent there is a guy called Owen Bush who I would highly recommend um, uh, checking him out. Owen um, does workshops, so you can go and make Damascus with him, or you can make knives, or you can, and and cool. he was a, he's fascinating. I, I think definitely check out his his. I'm pretty sure it's OwenBush.co.uk. Um, yeah. Myself, myself, and and uh, another good friend Olivier um, from um, Wildside down in Ca- Castle Gregory. Um, Olivier, myself, and John Joe, who's the has the forge nearby. The three of us went over and did a workshop with him, and we left that place. The knowledge base is fantastic. I mean, he, I think he played a big role in Scrap Heap Challenge. If you remember that TV oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that. And <laughs> and <laughs> and so did I. But the, when you get there, you realize. That part of the magic of knives is, and part of the magic of barbecue and all those kind of things is that you know you go down to a scrapyard, you know, go and check out the back of, of some place and recycle broken sinks and take a half of an old barrel and you know you can these things are within reach. You know, I mean, I'm a 
I'm a really fugly welder. I mean, <laughs> my welding is not pretty. And there are people who can do it better than me. But, you know, you can just realize that with, with, the, the, with really rudimentary kind of tools, you know, all of these things are available to you. You know, yeah. it's and it doesn't have to be, you know, in, in the, you know, for the barbecue side of things, like it's very easy to make a barbecue and you have to be able to, to, to wing it as well. There's no point going too crazy because you realize you're going to have to change it in some way or another, or cut bit something off or add something on. Um, and with the knife side of things, you know, making your own, uh, what Owen sort of taught me was this, this fascinating thing of how to make your own forges and how to, you know, makeshift um, anvils. So, you know, going down to him was, was somebody that, that kind of got me more excited about the forging kind of side of things. Whereas normally I've, I've been into what they refer to as grindstock removal, where you actually take really amazing knife steel that's already kind of quite thin and flat and cutting it out and grinding out the bevels mm. as opposed to taking an axle off of a truck yeah. and heating it and banging it out. And, you know? <laughs> With a handle from an old U-bend from a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've already planned mine out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that don't start with a sword. <laughs> start with something smaller and work your way up. <laughs> I think that, I think that is the, that's the key, and I, I want to go on one of these courses. Want to learn more about it, but then I think mm. I feel I don't know if am I already like do I need loads of other skills? You know what I mean? Is it just like you know how to make a knife or? Do you already need to be mm. a, a welder? Do you need to need have all these other skills and things and tools that are probably never going to be something that I can just knock up in my garage outside? I don't know. Do you know that there was always that expression, man of many skills, master of none. I, I feel very much connected to that. I, it's I'm, definitely me. Yeah, I, I just, And do you know what? There's kind of fun in that. I mean, the, being able to take your hand to things. I, I think it comes from growing up on a farm. I mean, yeah. you, you literally have to think on your feet. If, if things go, peak, you know, go, go wrong, you, you literally have to have to be able to fix things then and there. You have to be, uh, you know, all of them probably quite dodgy, but you have to be a bit of a sparky, a plumber, uh, a builder. You know, you have to know all these things to to stop a, a, a situation from going worse. You know, you, you are forced into doing these things. So you may as well kind of, and sometimes you're forced into getting better at it over, <laughs> over time. But um, in many ways, it is, I don't know, I like collecting skills. You know, some of them I think I people like, I think people probably want to, and that's the thing, probably want to, uh, I mean, venture into maybe build their own smoker or, or something like that, for instance, build their own pit. I think it's like maybe like lack of, comp maybe lack of confidence or like, uh, I don't know, maybe people are like scared to fail or something, but it's just, it's it's like, and maybe that's, uh, like you said, I mean, you growing up on the farm and and having to uh, sort of think on your feet and, and, and uh, make things and, and try things and fail sometimes maybe that is what gave you the gives you confidence to to try all these things yeah i think i think it's you know that sometimes that thing that can force into it as well is not wanting things to go to waste you know not, yeah. you know what not wanting to see something kind of go wrong you know just acting on oh look do you know if i just do this it'll create an opportunity for something and, and that kind of thing i i've got so much respect to my parents for i think encouraging uh, us as uh, myself and my sisters you know as we we're growing up to to be experimenters and to to give thing a go and give it a shot i mean if you if it fails it fails you know but <laughs> when it doesn't oh the, the the kick out of it you know like you're saying sometimes the worst thing is to be too afraid to give something a go 
I think sometimes I'm more afraid of when I feel like I've got the hang of it, stop, stopping doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, there's another side to it as well, you know. Oh, okay. I now know how to make sourdough bread. I'm not going to uh, sourdough bread. I'm not going to make that anymore. Well, by the way, I can't. I'm terrible. <laughs> but you know that that that's the next thing on the bucket list. But the um, you know, the, uh, I suppose that's that's it. <laughs> a lovely, I think, a lovely way to end as well. We bang on our thirty minutes, and you said that's it. So I think we could. <laughs> actually, I could think. That, I think Was we that could. All it took? I, <laughs> <laughs> I think we could probably talk to you for probably for the rest of the evening because um, I've got loads more I could chat about. But that's been an yeah. awesome insight into your world, and thanks very much for giving us some of your time from your busy life and all these things going on to just yeah. chat to us about all the awesome stuff you're doing. So thanks very much, mate. Um, could you let oh, everyone know you. like where on like your website and social media and stuff where they could find you if they want to see some more of this stuff? Um, I said, do you know, is, isn't that list is after growing, isn't it? I suppose I'd like, yeah, the, the Gabine is, is Gabine.com. Um, we have kind of that, that the main website. I play around a lot on, on Instagram, which, um, um, is Fingal Ferguson. And I suppose those, those two would probably be the, the kind of the main forms of, of kind of reaching out like phone numbers and emails are on, on our website and Instagram is, is kind of a, I suppose just something that's nearly always being played around with every day to, to, to kind of Definitely. send a message or communicate. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And I if- mean, this, this literally could have gone on forever. Cause I mean, yeah. one of the first things you mentioned was fermentation and I, I've got, I've had a question mm. in the back of my, I'm holding a question back to ask you about fermentation. I'm like, I haven't oh. even got to ask you it. We've just like, no, 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 it's, it's, we, we've, <laughs> we've, we've already said it's the end. It's the end. <laughs> Go on, Dave. If you've got one, just slip it in there quickly. Oh, no, no, no. no, 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 no I it's not even a question. I just wanted to chat to you about fermentation, really. Oh, okay, it's just yeah. just, uh, but like, I mean, oh, yeah, that, that's again, a you can just go, you can just one, go on. Yeah. I, mean, I was just looking. go on for ages, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm not even going to bother, but but it's been awesome chatting yeah. to you. Thank you very much. We'll book you in oh, for a fermentation you. special then. Yeah, yeah, Awesome. Uh, and if if, any, if anyone doesn't want to get a knife, then go to fingalfergusonknives.com and, <laughs> and don't buy one. <laughs> awesome. The wonderful guys at Blenheim Forge, and you see so many other knife makers that, that are doing such amazing things out there. I think that it's um, there's room for everybody. I think that's the great thing. You're just seeing that the, the availability out there of people doing amazing things. The internet has been such a huge part of, of sort of allowing people to get back into niche skills or, or dying skills and bring them back again. I think that's something uh, I'm really fascinated to see. Yeah. Definitely. Or head to the big grill and if there's one laying around, yes. you never just know. You might, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just yeah, pick it up. Um, <laughs> it feels like it's the krona of the knife world, doesn't it? So I have to go... <laughs> Cool. Right. Well, thanks again, mate. Speak to you soon. No, thank you. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye. 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 You're listening to United Q Podcast. We are brought to you by Pro Q, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack.
Pro-Q's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.